Welcome to the Trade Society Traders Improved Podcast. Today we are talking with Konstantin, who is a multiple six-figure funder trader. He has been an independent trader for 20 years. And in this podcast, we're putting the focus on how to get funded, what are the pros and the cons of becoming a funded trader, and what is the best trading strategy to beat funding challenges. With me today is also Moritz, my co-founder from Trade Society and Edgewonk. So first of all, welcome, Konstantin. It's great to have you back. Our last podcast, I just checked, is a little bit over three years ago. So good to have you. Hi, guys. So let's start with the first important question. What's the benefit of trading with a funded company versus trading your own money as an independent trader? Okay, sure. So first of all, let's define what a prop firm is for the people that don't know what it is. Um, nowadays, you can go into the internet, go to a huge prop firm like FTMO or the funded trader, and you have to do an assessment, a challenge, an evaluation to become a funded trader. This is usually done by achieving a profit target. Nowadays, it's approximately 8%. It was 10% a couple of months ago, but now the industry standard is 8 And if you match the criteria of achieving the profit target without going into the daily drawdown limit or the overall drawdown limit, you will become a funded trader. So what you have to do is you have to pay a challenge fee. And once you are funded, let's say you are getting funded, you also have to pay a percentage of your profits, which is usually 20%. And now let's say you are funded, you have your profitable trading strategy. One of the huge benefits of becoming a funded trader and trading with prop firms is that you have access to capital that is way above your own personal funds, so to speak. This is the best benefit, in my opinion. So once you have the access to the capital, you obviously can increase your overall assets under management by doing additional challenges, stuff like that. So you have a way bigger portfolio instead of trading your own personal funds. This is the major advantage of trading with a prop firm, in my opinion. The second advantage of trading with a prop firm is that you learn to control your risk. Most people don't know how to control your risk, either it's on the personal account, or even if they go for a prop firm challenge. I think the risk parameters that are set out by a prop firm are really beneficial when it comes to trading in general. Okay, Constantine. So when you are funded um, or when you are doing the challenges, uh, you say that it's a huge advantage that traders learn their um, risk management properly. So what would you say is a good uh, way to start? Because there are different um, costs for or different challenges. Should they start with the cheapest challenge or with the most expensive challenge or how would you go about that? Well, it depends on your relationship to money in general, in my opinion. What kind of money can you handle to lose and to gain um, is the question you have to answer for yourself. If you're totally new to prop firms, I always suggest or I would suggest that you start with a lower challenge just to see how it works. So you get familiar with the rules, you get familiar with the company rules because every prop firm has different rules in itself. So some allow news trading, some don't allow news trading. On some challenges, you have weekend holding and, and some you don't and so on. So you have to at first get familiar with the rules 
There are also certain companies that have a free trial period. I would also suggest that you do this in advance before you spend any money on it. This is my tip on how to handle yeah. it. And if you are familiar with it, let's say you start with a 10,000 US dollar account. And if this works and if this works out for you, what, what do I mean by that? I mean, you're trading with a prop firm, you pass the evaluation phase and the assessment phase, right? So this is one. I don't like the, fa uh, the word challenge because it's too much of a gambling aspect, in my opinion. <laughs> it's more than, it's more an assessment or an ev evaluation, okay? Let's say you pass it, you're a funded trader. How about you make 5%, you get 500 USD in profit share, a little bit. You have to make a little bit more because you have to pay some some um, profit share to the prop firm. And then you buy a $100,000 account challenge or a $50,000 account challenge. And then you basically grow with the prop firm, with your own relationship to money, and this will also give you a larger account. Do you want to know what I mean by that? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and then the next question would be, um, so when, when, for example, the drawdown limit is, let's say, 10%, mm -hmm. um, how much should traders risk per trade? Would you go for 1% or 0.25% or what's your, what's your take on that personally? Okay, so let's say... So the first requirement, of course, is to be profitable. Before you do any challenges, then you have to see what kind of risk you are taking in your own personal strategy. What is your general risk approach in that? Let's say you're taking 0.5%, so half a percent per trade. You have to evaluate your overall trades. And let's say your biggest losing streak is, I don't know, 10 trades in a row. This would be down 5% on a prop firm challenge account. What are your psychological issues that you may have when you're down 5% on a prop firm challenge? Maybe this is too much for you because your buffer now is relatively small. So you have to decrease your overall position size. To answer your question, hopefully, I, I think it's best to stick with 0.25 risk per trade. I think mm -hmm. this is the best approach. You have, uh, how much is it? 40 trades that you can lose in a row, which is basically <laughs> not possible if you are a profitable trader. So <laughs> now that prop firms have removed the overall time limit on most of their challenges, it doesn't matter how long um, do you actually need to pass the challenge, in my opinion. If you get, let's say, 100,000 in prop firm capital, this can take two months or three months, perfectly fine. But at the end, you have a hundred thousand asset under management. Yeah, so that's all that matters in the end, right? If that's all that matters. And you get people, the AUM. people are getting influenced by all this social media stuff, where people supposedly pass their challenge in two days, three days, five days. Personally, I need one to two months to pass to pass one phase simply because I like to trade small. So I, I um, my personal approach is 0.25% per trade and it takes time. Either I yeah. have good market conditions and I pass it in two or three weeks or I don't have good market conditions and it takes a little bit longer. Yeah, makes perfect sense.
Yeah. I have a question regarding the, the journey of a trader. In the past, people always said you trade on demo and then you start with a live account. But now, especially after you said that a lot of funding companies have free trials, in my view, I think it, it could be much more beneficial to have a free challenge compared to trading on demo where you're pretty much on your own and traders do a lot of or learn a lot of bad risk management behavior and they don't take it seriously How do you see the role of the funding challenges in the journey of a trader? Um, I totally agree. I'm not a huge fan of backtesting and demo trading itself because the, the issue or your relationship with money is not really involved. This means you may over leverage, you are maybe trading not that clean. So I'm more for taking a trial challenge like ftmo offers for example i think the funded trader does it too and simply see how this works out in general because you can backtest and um, trade forward in demo as much as you want but as soon as something is on the line like let's say your challenge fee or you are doing a challenge because you are thinking that you're going to pass it and then you're going to support your family stuff like that you uh, can get really emotional and not trade according to your rules. And this is becoming a problem or it is not depends on uh, what state you are in. So I'm more for trading forward with real money. Even if it's a small account, you can backtest your strategy to a certain amount, see if it works in general, but I'm more for forward testing and taking trial challenges. Right, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, which brings me to another question. Do you see also other negative aspects of trying go, to go down this funded route? And are there some drawbacks that traders should be aware of? So one of the drawbacks of a funding camp company is obviously that they can disappear overnight, as we have seen with my Forex funds. And then you lose your account, you lose your payouts, stuff like that. How can you preserve this? For yourself, um, for me, I do it the following way. So I spread my risk. It's basically um, the basic advice that you have to follow on investing itself. So I'm going get, I'm trying to get funded with multiple prop firm companies. So I'm not affected if one company goes down. So let's say, for example, I'm going to try to be funded by two firms from the U.S., Right. Then I'm going to try to get funded by two firms in Europe. And then I'm going to try to get funded by two firms in the Middle East. So Dubai is really popular nowadays because you never know what is going to happen. Either you the prop firm itself has a problem, like my Forex funds had, supposedly. Then you have the regula regulators of the country in itself. So maybe the US tomorrow is bringing out a law and says, okay, prop firms has, have to be closed for whatever reason. Then you still have your other accounts with other prop firms in another country. So this is one thing you have to be aware of. And another thing that a lot of people complain, but I don't know why, actually, to be honest, is that you have to play according to the rule. But for me, it is really easy. If you sign up with a prop firm company and a challenge and an evaluation, you have to play according to the rules. 
in five years of prop funding and doing challenges, whether I passed them or not, I've never been slipped. No payout was denied where I traded according to the rules. I didn't have any problems. So if you hear something about this, it's mostly the trader's fault, in my opinion. And like I said, um, spread your risk, spread your assets. Yeah, if you look at it from the bright side, then when the funding company goes broke, well, at least your only your earning potential goes with that. But if you actually have your own money on a broker and um, the broker goes bust, then you lose all your money, right? So that's another way of looking at it. Um, actually, you as a trader have much less risk with a funding firm than going with a broker, a traditional broker. Exactly. Exactly, Moritz. The risk of ruin is way smaller on a funding on a prop account um, than with your own personal capital. Let's say you go on tilt on a 100,000 challenge account or funded account. All you lose is this initial 500 USD you spend for your challenge. Let's say you are in profit, I don't know, three, 4,000. You go on tilt for whatever reason. You lose the funded account in the end you have lost 500 USD. But the same can happen on your own personal account. Let's say it's 10,000K or 5,000. It's it's bigger than the 500 you initially spent on the, on the prop firm challenge, on the prop firm assessment, whatever. You lose way more money. And yep. this is going to happen. If you have tendencies to go on tilt in general, this will happen to you sooner or later. So it's better <laughs> if this happens on your prop firm account, to be honest, in my opinion. And I also think the, the risk parameters that uh, the funding challenges have are can be quite beneficial because when you're as an independent trader, you trade from home or by yourself, I often recommend that traders have accountability partners. And when you don't have someone who is accessible, then the funding challenge will be your accountability partner, so to speak, because you have very fixed um, rules and guidelines that you have to um, adhere to. And if not, then you're out. So this is actually a really great practice, I think, for a lot of traders. Totally agree. When I started with prop firm challenges, so my approach to the market was I always traded really small, right? So a quarter of a percent is actually a lot. It doesn't matter because in the end, you have your two, three, four percent a month, at least for me. So I can achieve that. And when I went into the prop firm business, when they had their profit target, 10% within 30 days, this was also problematic at first. But now as this is removed, I think it's if you are profitable and take this halfway serious, it is no problem to pass a prop firm challenge. Put it this way. Right. Mm -hmm. So this brings me actually to a next good point I want to ask you about. And I want to talk a little bit more about trading strategies in the light of or in the context of funding challenges. And can you break down some parameters of trading strategies that you think will help traders to get funded, what they should look for in a strategy, and maybe things that they should avoid when they choose their or build their trading strategy? Sure. First of all, I think it is important to have a trading strategy that fits you. You have to trade what you think is working with your personality, with your overall framework as a person. What do I mean by that? I mean, are you working full-time? Are you married? 
Do you have children? What is your overall construct construct in life? Because I think this is really important because then you know, do you trade the higher time frames because you only can take one entry a day? Are you available for one or two hours a day and you can trade, I don't know, the beginning of the New York session? So this has to be somehow figured out by yourself, right? You also have to identify your own mission. What besides what are your trading circumstances? What are your beliefs about, about the market? When you go to any forum on the internet and pick out any strategy, you have to determine is this really working for me? Do you like to see moving average on the chart or don't you like, like to see it? Do you like to trade those ICT price action concepts or, or don't you like it? It's really important. People think they can go to the internet, copy some ICT frameworks and it is working for, the, for them and they will get funded. Obviously the statistics of prop firms are telling you, no, it doesn't work this way. It's not that easy. So you have to determine your beliefs about the market on its own for yourself. And where are those beliefs coming from? For example, if you are saying, I want to short a four standard or five standard deviation move to the upside for whatever reason, this move happened in the market and this worked, I don't know, seven out of 10 times and you always did it and it's always working, but at some point it won't work anymore because the whole market is changing. Why do you think it will continue to work Why do you do this approach at first in general? So you have to evaluate your whole trading system. What are your objectives when it comes to trading and when it comes to prop from trading? What do I mean by that is, what, do you want to have an income of 1% of a trading account? Let's say you have a 100,000 um, funded trading account. You make 1% a month, which is 1,000 after profit split, 800. How are you going to achieve this? Is this possible? And if you have to been profitable before, is this realistic compared to your previous sample size or your trading history? Those are important points. Uh, another question is, are your trading goals and your current framework suitable for the prop firm you're going to choose? Let's say you're trading on the higher time frame, you're trading the daily chart, Is it really possible? Well, it is at some point as we remove the time limit from the, from the challenges. Is it really possible to achieve those profit targets if you only buy and sell when it comes to a daily time frame? Is weekend holding allowed when you're trading such a strategy? Another question is, what is your position sizing? But we have to discussed this before. And is this working with the prop from drawdown rules? Sorry, I want to just quickly touch back on the, the objectives and the goals and what you think about the strategy. Sure. Because I think this is also or can be a slippery slope when people try to find something and then they think, oh, this is going to work. But then they find out they have a few losers. And then obviously what they're doing always is jump to a new one. Um, is there a way to break the cycle? Is it just pushing through it and uh, going in your journal? Or what is your opinion here? I think... You have to stick, obviously, you have to stick to one trading strategy. The problem for the most people is that they have or they think that they can use one strategy 
for all time frames, for one market, for one trading cycle. This is partially true, but then you have to recognize the context. Because let's say you're trading a moving average strategy and you're always trading when all, let's say you have three moving averages and you are, have a trend following strategy and you always go long when those three moving average are pointing upwards. At some point, let's say for whatever reason, the market is going to a sideways consolidation on every time frame, and the moving average are going sideways as well. We have an overlap on it. And at this point, because the people can't trade, they tend to either move to lower time frames, which is not good because they are um, going out of their comfort zone. If they're trading on the one hour, one hour is going sideways. Now they're looking for a trend on the five minute, one minute whatsoever. People should not do that. They have to sit it out. And if they are coming into a, a losing streak, they have to do the work, which is actually the most important point. They have to do the work and evaluate their trading mistakes. And when it comes down to evaluating trading mistakes or why a setup did not work, people are skipping the actual work of handling those kind of situations. Right, yeah. I've seen it many times with Edgewonk is when people enter the drawdown and then I ask them about the journal and then they say, oh, wow, I, I didn't feel like it. I don't want to look at my losses again. But I think this is such a big missed opportunity that you avoid doing the work uh, when actually it's most necessary, when everything is going great. For the most part, it's not as important. Of course, you can still learn and see probably ways to get better. But I think when you're facing those challenges, I think that's the, the time when you really should dig into your data. I totally agree. Especially in those times, you have the, the biggest opportunity to learn out of those mistakes and make the most money when this situation is coming again. I mean, not having a position is somehow also having a position because you simply stay out of the market. You preserve your capital. And as soon as you're Trading strategy is giving you another entry signal. You are not down, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, 10%. You're still at a certain level and then you co continue to trade. So, this is, in my opinion, most misunderstood that from time to time, you have to simply sit on your hands and do nothing. When I tell people or I talk to people, teach people, whatever, I tell them day trading is not everyday trading. This is one of my <laughs> favorite sentences. Sometimes I sit in front of the screen for three hours and nothing happens. But it's not a problem. Or something happens in the last 30 minutes of the day, but the, the overall balance is still fine. I'm not forcing anything. And on the next day, I maybe get the breakout or the entry signal I was looking for. And the... Uh... The, the thing is about the drawdowns, I totally agree with what you said, is that um, most of the money is made when you are in a drawdown. Uh, everyone can make money when things are going right. But when you're in a drawdown and you stop doing putting in the work, um, that's, you know, it's a make or break moment for every trader. And your biggest drawdown is always ahead of you, right? Um, that's that's what you always have to to remember. For me personally, when I look at my statistical data, and let's say my biggest drawdown is uh, 10R, then I at least double that, and I expect to get that 20R drawdown. 
sometime in the future because something is going wrong. I don't hope to get it, obviously, but I expect it. And the thing is that most traders think that the grass is always greener on the other side. So when you're sitting on your hands and you go on Twitter, you don't get any trades this week. You go on Twitter, there's this guy. Oh, I just made 100K. It might be a different time frame, a different asset class, a different strategy. But you are thinking, oh, I'm sitting there doing nothing while this guy is getting rich. So then you switch strategies. Or even worse, you have a losing streak and then you switch strategies. So what you said in the beginning that your trading strategy should have um, as little friction as possible with your personality, with your lifestyle, etc. is super important because when you're in a drawdown or having a rough period, sticking with your strategy is so much easier when you actually um, yeah, believe in it. And that is only possible if you know it fits with your personality, you put in the work, etc. A super important concept. And I actually just released an episode on my podcast about that. <laughs> and let me say one thing. When you see this beautiful picture of someone on social media, or X, Twitter, or what is it called, <laughs> showing you a profit of 100K, like you stated, this guy won't post the 200K loss he did two days before. Exactly. You don't know it. So everything yes. on social media is simply bullshit. I have tried yes. to gain some following on Twitter on the last couple of weeks. It's not my cup of tea. Let's put it this way. <laughs> and as you also said, you have to determine and you have to be aligned with your setup entry, with your exit, with your initial stop. So all the trading system components are founding or founded in your market belief itself. Yes. Let's say you're watching ICT videos because it's the most popular strategy right now. And you're going to look at the concept and at an entry model, stuff like that. And he's telling you, okay, you have to go short or long, depending on the direction, on a fair value gap. Okay. And you are blindly following this approach. Most people are doing this. And at some point, they are simply losing their money. They're losing their challenges and so on, blah, 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 blah. They have to sit down and have to evaluate and recognize what is the context behind it. Why does it make sense to go long in this fair value gap, in this market structure shift, for example, and not in the 10 setups that are following? Why are you putting your stop loss five pips below a fair value gap? Let's stick to this example, right? And keep it at this level combined with the overall market structure. The same thing applies with the exits. Where are you going to take your exits? Why are you going to do it? Stuff like this. So everything has to match up for yourself to be profitable in the end, at least in my opinion. I've done so many mentorings and courses and stuff like that. I did one mentoring um, where I had to write down every step of a trade in itself, starting from observing the market. Why do I want to enter? Where do I enter? Where will this trade go? So it's basically trade framing. Where can it reverse? Where can it stall? If it's reversing, would I change the direction? It's always an interesting question because a lot of people can't do it. 
I can't do it on every time frame. I can do it on some time frames. What do I do with standard trading outcome? So usually if you have, I have to go back and forth right now. If I have 500 trades and my average return is 1.7R, mm -hmm. I have to know that when the trade is 1.7R in profit, that I have to do something. Because the last 500 trades, the outcome is 1.7R on a broad spectrum. So I have to narrow my stop loss, um, at least to break even. I'm going to break even a little bit before it. So I have to react. Where mm -hmm. is my profit area? How much room do I give the trade when it touched my profit area? Because the trade can always go further than I expected. And if it goes further than I have expected, how do I handle exceptional large gains? Let's say you're going for one to two, one risk, two reward, and you are going, pressing the buy button, you're going to get a cup of tea, you're returning to your desk, and now you are four hour in profit for whatever reason. How are you going to handle this kind of situations? Most people, when you ask them, I would say 95% of them, they don't know it. They don't know. They don't know what to do. It's an abnormal trading situation, but you also have to prepare for those kind of situations, in my point of view. Mm -hmm. So everything has to be worked out to a certain detail. I also think, because most people say, okay, you have one hour of risk, two hour of profit, and you have to get stopped out most of the time. No, I don't think so. When I take a trade, because all my trading criteria were met, and the trade is going against me, for whatever reason, it simply doesn't work out. I have a 60% hit rate, it doesn't work out. I don't have to wait until the trade is going minus one hour. I simply cut it and I will be wiser if the price is turning around after 0.6 R in, in, in drawdown, so I wouldn't have been stopped out. I have to evaluate it after a certain period. Maybe I take go out too early, maybe I don't, blah, 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 blah. Those things have to be evaluated and those things have to be set in stone for yourself. And no one can teach you, so I can teach you how to do it, but you have to set up your own framework. This is what I try to say. Mm -hmm. right. <clears throat> and this whole clarity will also help you with the, then waiting for your trade. Once you are clear about your market objectives, you know exactly in what environment you want to trade, trending, ranging at key levels, then you know, then you can write, look at your charts and say, okay, this doesn't look like what I should be trading. So I'm going to wait. And I think that's really helpful once you have figured out all of those beliefs and rules and whatever you want to call it, strategy uh, plans. Absolutely. I'm also a huge fan of trading setups and not price action in itself. So something like a signal day, we have reoccurring patterns, patterns that show up in the market where the overall framework or the overall market behavior is behaving over and over again. So one of the things I learned in the workshop was get the main idea right. I think coming back to social media, it is impossible to call or almost impossible to call a certain top or a certain bottom, right? I get my entry signal, whatever strategy I'm trading, I'm always personally four or five pips late. Sometimes I'm right at the top, 
but this is not the, the standard case. I want to get the main idea right. What does that mean? I want to have a small drawdown, perfect. And I want to catch the main direction of my trade idea. That's basically it. And yeah, the, so you want to catch the best move of the day, basically, um, yes. or the best and two moves of the day, right? Exactly. And Linda Rushke, who is trading for 40 years, always coming back to her, was showing me a sell-off on the S&P 500. And she said, if I'm lucky, I'm getting one third of this price move. <laughs> Just nice. think about that. Okay, just think about it. For someone that is doing this for 40 years, now I'm saying <laughs> I will get at least half. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. But coming back to get the main idea right. And when you have done such a trade and you are successful, another really pro tip for me is shut on the computer and go. <laughs> That's basically it. Cool. So I really like this conversation. Um, we're going to continue with part two in the near future. So if you're watching this and you have any questions to Constantine, what we should cover next time, leave it in the comments below. Thank you so much for your time, Constantine. Thank you, Moritz. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll talk soon again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Ciao. Bye.